0: All right, all right, all right. Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of More Content Talk. That's the only show that cuts through the glam, the glitz, and all the bullshit to bring you the truthiest news that we can find. I have. Always been told that I was perceptive ever since I was a child. I can remember people saying that about me that I was a critical thinker, that I was uh, different from other children, uh, that I had a kind of uncanny ability to, for um, not predictions, but, you know, seeing patterns. And. you know, putting those patterns together and then saying, well, this is most likely what's going to happen. And as I've talked about it before, it's really not that difficult because generally what happens in a chaotic world, in a world that lacks order, which is the world we live in, the real world we live in, a world with no order, um, whatever the source of that non-order is, is up to whoever is in charge of the world. (laughs) (laughs) but um, it's a non-order and it's chaotic and so you can pretty much expect Murphy's Law you know you you can expect the worst to go wrong if you don't prepare for it and um, I've done a few episodes now on Hollywood and um, something happened over the weekend that I was completely unaware of even though I'm in the industry and I don't even really know this person, to be completely honest with you, because I have not been bestowed with the the right to have access to these people who rule um, the entertainment industry. I'm a lowly uh, actor, and no one listens to actors. Um, an actor can, can tell you the truth, and people will think that you're lying uh, because you're an actor. Uh, it's a prejudice that people have. Uh, They assume that we're all liars. Uh, They assume that we all have some insidious, uh, you know, uh, underlying agenda, Uh, which is really ridiculous because everyone has their own agenda. (laughs) (laughs) And so what what you're really saying is that actors are people. And yes, that's true. Um, But a lot of times people say that in a negative way, like, well, they're conniving or they're manipulative or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Whatever stereotype you read online, whatever. Um, that's superfluous. But the point is, is that as I was doing all these episodes about the, the, you know, negatives, the negative dark side of Hollywood that especially liberals, for some reason, they don't want to talk about it. I don't really know why, you know, we're liberal. We're supposed to expose injustice. Um, and that's what I'm about. And I've experienced injustice as a member of the entertainment community. Um, what I at the time didn't realize was abuse it wasn't sexual in any way um but you know basically being worked to death and um expected to be superman when i when no one is um and uh i would like to share with you an article that blew my mind today and, and it's on nbc news it's in the opinion section it's by uh, kelly hartog who is a journalist editor and book coach Um, And it's on Scott Rudin's again. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, Um, but it's called uh, Hollywood and Broadway must stop grooming actors for abuse or Scott Rudin's will still thrive. And um, so this is really an an indictment of the way that actors are taught that you must sacrifice everything for the show that the show must go on. And uh, this is taken more seriously. Um, in, in certain acting communities and others, um, obviously your community theater generally isn't going to be that abusive, but again, you know, you have to be careful and that can deteriorate into a cult too. I mean, I've seen it, you know, you get these, um, <laughs> producers or casting directors and, uh, who think they're just the end all be all of acting and they know every little thing about it. And, um. You know they they lure these kind of young um, artists in and you know with the promise of work and the next thing you know you're one of their lackeys and yeah you're in the shows but you're, you're like i said before you're making 200 bucks a show a show for three months of very hard sometimes very intensive very physical work and that is abuse um, when, you, when you're not paying people for that much work it's just abusive Um, and it's also abusive to have someone um, in your show and you're not checking on their well-being you're just kind of assuming that they're going to be fine because they're the star well sometimes people get sick and and you know the stars can get sick too and certain if you reach a certain level of stardom there's a little bit of forgiveness you know you know once you're robin williams status obviously people aren't gonna necessarily care if you're a little sick. They're going to give you a little leeway. If people don't know you, then you're just shit to the acting community. If you're not known, you're shit. And that's just how it goes. And um. You'll see that come through in this very heart-wrenching article. Um, so here we go. Let's read some of it and I'll interject as I normally do. When I heard that American film, television, and theater producer Scott Rudin had resigned from uh, the Broadway League and see this extends to Broadway too, it's not just Hollywood. Over the weekend, uh, something seismic shifted in me, hurdling me back to a time and place when I found myself in the clutches of my own Scott Rudin. Granted, it was on a different continent in a different decade. But unfortunately, the Scott Rudins of the world defy time and space. Though I had been following the Rudin controversy over the past couple of weeks, when artists and former employees began to level allegations of abuse and unhinged behavior going back years, it wasn't until I read a line by Los Angeles Times theater critic Charles McNulty, When Rudin announced that he was stepping back from Broadway, that I connected the dots with my own acting training. There are so many theater people who have been trained to believe that they have to put up with this behavior because this is the sacrifice they must make for art. Remember when I talked to you in prior episodes about the obsession with sacrifice, the obsession with suffering, it flows through the very being of this nation. And so, over and over again, you see this through point of abuse and suffering, and suffering and abuse. And it's all based on sacrificing yourself. And people don't realize the religious context of that word and how it can cause people to do really ritualistic, odd things. And it's also how cults develop, as you'll see from this article. Continuing. He then described how performing arts instruction has, and this is a direct quote, sometimes prided itself on breaking down an actor's ego or dancer's body, even though cruelty isn't the path to excellence and opportunities to work with the best shouldn't entail putting up with the worst. It shouldn't, but it quite frequently does, I would argue. So saying something shouldn't be, and then what you actually do in real life, Believe it or not, those are two entirely different things. I know that's difficult for some people to accept, but it doesn't really matter what your intention is if you didn't do the thing you intended to do. What matters is what you actually did in real life. Intent and stuff like that comes down to criminal law, but that's for the courts to deal with. When you're in the court of opinion, what you actually did that was wrong is in fact wrong. And you can't get around that with your intention. You can't smack a woman around and then come out and say, well, it was my intention to be nice. It's just silly after a certain point. And so this is what you're seeing in this article. He's kind of excusing himself here. It's a half-hearted apology. Continuing. That was exactly the message I was browbeat with when I decided to pursue high level training in acting. Remember, I talked to you about training and acting, acting schools, and how much of a sham they are. I was 18 and fresh out of high school in Sydney, Australia. So, you see, this transcends America. I was thrilled to be one of just 24 students who had snagged a spot at the drama school, a three year full time acting course. Let me just tell you right now, I was propositioned with one of these um, types of schools and I rejected it outright because there's all this requirement, there's all this work, there's all these shows they have to do and they don't fucking pay you. Can you believe that shit? No pay. None. When I went to San Jose State University, uh, we got a little bit of pay for you know certain projects that were either really demanding or they were actually working with production companies. So I had some legitimate, you know, pretty cool projects that we did. I met some celebrities. They weren't, you know, very high level celebrities. But, you know, you can still make this argument that, okay, you got something out of that. You, uh, you actually were enriched in the community and you made some connections. When you go to these schools and you're performing, it's basically just a theater group and you don't get paid anything, not even a stipend. So this can get really shady. So let's talk about the drama studio and see what kind of, uh, you know, wonderful acting training they're providing these young people. The school was conceived and run by graduates of the prestigious uh, Drama Center in London. London is big time for acting using its unique techniques. Over the years, the Drama Center has boasted graduates like Colin Firth, Paul Bettany, Amelia Clark, and breakout Bridgerton star Reg Jean Page. I don't know who the last one is, or the, se- or the third one for that matter. Uh, you'll see every single website of every acting school in all over the world, and they'll have at least um, three celebrities that went to that school. It's, this is not uncommon. It's nothing to boast about. It's just luck of the draw. It really doesn't matter what school you go to there have been people who've been cast out of high school. This is all smoke and mirrors. I was proud to be the youngest person ever accepted into the drama studio something that during my time there would be wielded against me like a weapon. It was just one of the main tools the school used to groom me and the other students for abuse. The drama center ran for 57 years before it shut its doors last year. It closed following the death of a student and myriad negative claims among them that its courses push students to the edge. Not for nothing was it nicknamed the Trauma Center. <laughs>